welcome back to the autumn leaves podcast um i am advising you right now um in case you know you don't want to listen to this episode it's a special episode called it's difficult i wrote it out uh today actually after my rehab appointment and yeah i just if you don't want to listen to harsh subjects from the past and what i currently go through and live with my flashback disorder you don't have to listen to if you don't want to um but yeah i guess i'll kick it off and hit the microphone there but yeah this is a non-alcoholic i'll tell my stories with a non-alcoholic so and it'll be more serious i'll try not to laugh as much you know um but yeah, it was August 18th, 2017. I had just finished work. Uh, I was doing lines of cocaine in the bathroom and ch- chugging Red Bulls. Um, I had said to my cousin, goodbye, I'm not, uh, I don't need a lift home to it tonight. Uh, I've been hearing voices in my head this whole time and I'm gonna walk home and I walked home said goodbye to my parents because I knew something was happening to me and I didn't know exactly what. Long story short, um, I lit a recycling bin on fire. I reached this person's house and I lost my mind. And yeah, so I got arrested that night about 12.34 a.m. or 1 1 a.m. And yeah, so they literally beat me up in front of the car, uh, the cops. Then he turned around and blame me for physically assaulting them anyway I, uh, it's a bullshit anyway I, don't, I didn't assault them maybe verbally but anyways um, I get to the police station they throw me in the cell next to some crackhead and he was going on and on about hell's angel shit and like creepy stuff that was just really creeping me out and He had a big scar on his forehead, and he's telling me this stuff in French, like, I don't know, it was just really weird, and so, I, it was raining the next morning, I just slept there overnight, they brought me at like 6am to the courthouse in Longueuil, and so I was in like the holding tank for maybe an hour or two, and nobody was there except for my uncle, and, um, yeah, it was, uh, I didn't know what was happening, I was psychotic, I didn't have any medication, you know, at the time, and I still remember it like it was yesterday, like it relives on my head, not even halfway through the story, <laughs> but, um, uh, so, yeah, someone had, like, I started crying, and someone had seen, I guess, seen me cry, I don't know who it was, but they ran out, they got up and just ran out, so I don't know who it was, but, uh, my uncle was there, like, he was just, he's just 18, you know, come on, give him a break, he, he was on drugs, and, you know, but they took me away, and off I went, I was shackled up in handcuffs, tighter than anything that's ever been on my wrist, so maybe a bracelet, a watch bracelet has been tighter, um, but it's met pure metal on your wrists and ankles, it was hard to even walk and move. I was, I got cuts from them, and yeah, it was just a rough time. Um, plus, I got on the bus. We were going on the way to Riviera to Prairie, and I, the first thing I see is the gates opening up. It's like maximum maximum security prison. 
I don't know if it was maximum, but it was terrifying. I thought, like, it was a creepy looking place man like when i mean it like uh i'm sure there's places in the united states that look scarier but um yeah so i you know i got thrown in there they asked the guards were asking me a bunch of questions um basically just like do you need protection i didn't know what that meant so i said no and then uh that was my first time offense so uh i got placed into i believe g1 and then module one or whatever it's called and uh so yeah then i met this guy in the cell and he was nice but he was like i didn't know anything about prison so i was just telling him all the stories and stuff and like for some for some reason he was nice enough to keep it secret that i told him i was gay i know you're never supposed to say that even from watching movies uh and you know in prison so uh, he said, oh, uh, well, just make sure you take a shower because you've probably been out on the road for a while. And so I went to go take a shower and then this guy was in the shower up beside me and he started howling like a wolf and he's looking at my tattoo because it's a howling wolf and it says be brave. And um, yeah, so that was just a bit creepy. <laughs> but yeah, um yeah so yeah after that i i slept and this guy was going crazy banging on the door and all night and saying uh, they're trying to kill me they're trying to kill me and uh my cellmate was just trying to calm me down because he realized I, I i told him i'm 18 and i've never been here before i don't know what's happening uh i had uh, like an episode and uh I only figured that out in court when in the beginning they said it was a psychotic episode and during the court order thing so anyway and then that guy was screaming and screaming and yeah so that's <laughs> I live that like a lot um, then they moved me to another section uh, it was G G7 and so it got it it was all right in the beginning but there's a native guy in there and he didn't seem to he was like i don't know like super spiritual or something and he was telling me how he's like you always have to shower i hate when my my cell smells like shit um it, like I, you always have to clean up too after yourself never shit in the middle of the night never pee in the middle of the night if you have to piss like close the toilet seat if you have to shit hold it till the morning and I can't be in the same cell as you when you're shaking a shit because I hate the smell. So I was like, it was something new, you know, I have to adapt to it. So, um, <laughs> it was, yeah, something, it's just, you know what I mean? Like you expect, anyway, you, I didn't expect anything, but, uh, and then I didn't realize, but you're not supposed to talk to the Crips or like the blacks and you're not supposed to talk to the Italians, but I was talking to everyone. I, I just thought it's a place to, I didn't realize it's like a, such a closed off place. You know, I didn't realize I, I was so stupid. That's why I'm still like, I still fear today. Um, but yeah, um, I got along with both people, I guess. And I never joined anything, you know, I was just saying I'm Kyle and you know, I'm a teenager and they are, they're all saying like, what the fuck are you doing in here with us? We've all been, you know 
we've all been charged with like you know armed robbery and this and you know you lit a fucking recycling bin on fire and yeah it was you know they're like you're gonna be out in like a few months like that's what they said so i took their word for it i you know kept going so but yeah this is just like for those of you who actually continued listening um this is just i i think about this in my daily life even when i was working it's it's an ongoing problem that i've talked to my psychiatrist about for several years and it's like i it's i drink because of that like to get away from the flashbacks because it's like so present you know and i'm not trying to make it like a snowflake podcast um i know it's you know i just want to show you what i've been through because i'm open and you know i don't care who hears it uh i'm not afraid of judgment and i just feel like that's why i'm like a single person because you know i'm a red flag i guess (laughs) but anyway long story short uh this weird guy ended up into the like all with like i've said other stories before but i'll skip those um this creepy guy ended up in our cell and he had pictures of kids and i don't know who they were i didn't want to know and during the night he'd lie beside me and talk to me and yeah it was yeah um it was yeah i i didn't know what was happening it was kind of just fucking scary but um yeah and then he'd sometimes get naked and but i mean i wasn't you know raped or anything but um sometimes like when we were in lockdown he would like change in front of me and laugh and it was yeah and he it was hard because he was a bigger guy and um (laughs) but um yeah so uh sorry i'm trying to i'm just trying to read my writing here but yeah this is yeah basically during lockdown we all got thrown outside to the courtyard but not courtyard but like the the yard of the prison there's barbed wire fences three of them lined up uh the barbed barbs facing inward so you can't climb the fence and hop over and then there's a big stone wall on the yet like in the field big big stone wall and um yeah it's not a thing you want to remember you know it's like ptsd i get it all the fucking time man uh but you know it's first time offense that's what happens you know um you get all these visions and things you see and when you're trying to sleep at night and get ready work for work in the next morning but you just gotta deal with it um just gotta push forward um and yeah so long story short um we got into a fight he's like i'm gonna fucking kill you because i called him a yeah word like and because he was really creeping me out i know that was not a extent to say it in front of like the whole fucking wing or whatever I, I, that was a mistake but uh we got into a fight and i think i punched him and then he pulled out like a fucking shank and i was like oh shit and then a bunch of people ganged up on him and then the frigging guards pulled me out and 
yeah, so I switched wings, and then everyone was just like, bro, you better, like, stay stay the fuck out of prison, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm trying my best now, just to not be a good guy, like, to be a good guy, and do my daily things normally, and, you know, not get in trouble with authority, because I'm afraid, like, not afraid of cops, but I tend to, ever since what happened, um, you know, but yeah, there, that's, and I still fear that guy's gonna come out five years later, I know, it's, it's sad, um, five years later, you know, and I'm still thinking about this, it's, and it's not like I'm over, like, the person's, the person that the, I lit the recycling bin on fire, I, I have always felt bad for the person, but, you know, like, I, I'm over it, I'm just not over the prison part, because that's something that's going to stay with me forever, and it's really hard to just go for my day-to-day life, you know, it's, it's not easy, like, you could imagine people are in there for years, and they get out, and they don't know what to do, like, and it's me, like, I don't know what to do sometimes, <laughs> like, I have so much therapy and so much support around me, and, you know, I thank everyone so much for supporting me and, you know, everything, and it's just sometimes I don't know what to do, <laughs> like, anyways, but yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it, I got moved to protection, and I met a guy in there that was, uh, first time offense too and he was on cocaine and got had like an episode too so well, he's not my friend in real life but uh we we had made we were gonna make arrangements to have like a like a guitar session and record some music but we never got around to it i figured it would just be bad bad memories you know for like even the both of us you know so but yeah um Um, yeah, so, that's just, that's part of me that stays with me for life, man, and, you know, I try my best to deal with it, um, I just, you know, fucking dogs barking next door, <laughs> excuse me, um, but yeah, I, I'll be honest with you, after what, you know, what I go through nowadays and flashbacks and all this, I look up to one person and well, a few people, well, the main one I looked up, up to now, I'm not going to say his name. It's a part of the close circle a bit. Um, he's been like, he's a good friend of mine and he's been through a lot and he's never been to prison, but he's been, you know, beaten and, you know, and, almost shot or stabbed you know and and been in traumatic things man and I look up to him because I don't know how he still goes to work and still manages to you know drive around and meet people and chill with friends and talk normally and socialize normally I, I look up to that because I'm not I'm so distant with everyone even my own family members it's I just, you know, I look up to that, you know, and he's a good guy, and, you know, it's like we're the both, you know, I always, well, I don't always say, but I say we're both, you know, we've both been through, you know, and 
it's it's rough man like it's you know not everyone has life easy you know but i just look up to him because he really shows like the world his light somehow and i want to get on that energy level um i just think it's a really positive thing and but yeah that's just the story of me i managed to explain it in uh 16 minutes um that's what i've been thinking about today too um whole day actually when i went to the rehab appointment it's not easy um like it's when it's when you're actually having like a panic attack and reliving what you're looking at you know in your head and you're trying your best to like veer off what you're seeing it's it's hard like uh, i'll admit like it's it's i know it's been five years but it's uh it's really rough man like and that's why i'm so distant with everyone and you know um just this week's been really rough because i saw something on uh joe rogan podcast and it really brought back like the the memories and everything so anyways guys well you know that's the story of you know why i'm healing myself today and why i'm trying to make a change and try to connect to people and motivate them that you could still get out of a dark path in life and you can still um you could sorry i'm not crying i almost did but you know you could still teach yourself in your head that you know everything's going to get better and change the way your thoughts are you know you're not always going to be a negative person in life unless you do something about it you know so but yeah and uh to conclude that um yeah that's just dark side of me and i was in a dark phase back then and you know i don't want to ever ever fucking go back to that and that's just something i shared with you because why not and anyways <laughs> so. but yeah you know um yeah it's it's i still fear today that that guy's gonna get out man and kill me like it's like it's not paranoia it's just i even told my psychiatrist i'm like i don't know what to do about it like it's no medication's gonna help that it's like a post post traumatic stress disorder uh, stress disorder you know um i just sounded like i was saying gibberish there but anyways cheers guys not gonna lie the heineken one's pretty good compared to the budweiser the zero zero that's why i'm trying to quit drinking too i I like having one of these because you know it's better for me and there's less calories um there's no alcohol too so it's a big plus and you know sorry like if there's any family members sticking to the podcast and you know listening sorry that you get to listen to some of that part but that neighbor's dog man holy shit (laughs) But yeah, you know, uh, that's just something I live through every day, and 
I remember one time I had like a panic attack at work and I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to tell my boss, my floor manager. I didn't want to tell anybody, even my coworkers, but my coworkers right away knew something was wrong because I was freaking out on, like I was strapping one of the bundles and they could tell I was like kind of rushing and, you know, acting strange so they asked me like what's wrong and I'm like that's okay like I just basically nobody at work knew anything I didn't tell anybody anything I never talked to anybody about it I talked to them like about my daily life and stuff and how much I like beer and how much I like mu- like rock music and stuff and playing guitar but I never went into detail of like what I've went through in the past so and it's not really a place either you know but yeah they just said uh kind of take your time you know we're not in a rush here and unless the boss tells us to or so yeah i actually miss them and you know the work's closing and i have to find another job so it's it just sucks i everyone was so kind there and sometimes it's funny i even dream about them and everyone was so chill and even the upstairs workers everyone was so kind and like at first not everyone was interested in talking to me and because I was English and plus it was like during the time where everyone was wearing masks so you know social distancing but then I started opening up more a bit more and speaking French and practicing and really trying to show my light and it went well and they're they're like the nicest people ever I've ever met like the most beautiful people ever and uh yeah I I I'm thankful they hired me and I was able to show my I guess dedication and my hard work and and even though I miss days because of back problems or mental health problems uh I still really enjoyed working there um everyone was nice even the truckers yeah that was a good experience I'm, I'm just eager for my next one you know um eager for whatever pops up next so anyways guys um take care i'll probably not do a super depressing episode next time so uh anyways thanks for tuning in guys from kyle